Hey y'all, welcome back to Cross Connections. Again, I apologize for missing last Wednesday. Got a little caught up with life because, you know, everybody has one and things just don't go as you plan. But we're today we're here with our next t- two topics. So our first topic is going to be temptation. So let's just jump right into it. Temptation by its very nature feels wrong. God's moral law is written in the heart of every human being in Romans chapter 1 verse 20. And when a sinful temptation is introduced, our consciences immediately sense danger. So say you're with a group of friends and one of them pulls out, let's just say a vape for instance, and you feel that conscience in your body and you're like this doesn't seem like a good idea like that hesitant nature that's what that's referring to however the temptation itself is not the sin Jesus was tempted you can find that in Mark chapter 1 verse 13 or Luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 13 but he never sinned it says that here in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 sin um, sin occurs when we mishandle temptation. Excuse me. There are two avenues by which we are tempted. Satan and our own sinful flesh. Acts 5 gives an example of someone tempted by Satan. Ananias, wife, or Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, wanting to appear more spiritual than they really were, lied to the apostles and pretended they were giving as an offering the full price of some property they had sold. Peter confronted him, and it says, How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? In this instance, Peter knew that the temptation to lie had come from Satan. Ananias' wife, or Ananias and his wife both gave into that temptation. The betrayal of Jesus by Judas Iscariot is also attributed to Satan's influence find that Luke chapter 22 verse 3 or John chapter 13 verse 2. Ultimately, since Satan is the god of, of this world, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, and the father of lies, found in John chapter 8 verse 44. All evil originates with him. However, our own selfish nature is an ally of Satan's. We need no prompting from Satan to entertain sinful ideas. James chapter 1 verse 13 through 14 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Even though we may desire to do good, we are all tempted. There's no doubt about it. We all fall into temptation, whether it be any, like literally anything. No one is above it. No one's not going to sin or fall into temptation. Like I said, it's just inevitable. Even someone like the Apostle Paul. He shared his own struggle of flesh against spirit when he, when he wrote in Romans chapter 7, verses 22, verse 23. Chapter 7, verses 22 through, through 23. It says, For my inner being, I saw delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. 
Temptation is not of itself sinful. It becomes sin when we allow the temptation to become action. Even in our minds, lust, for example, is sin, even though it may never be acted upon. Matthew, that can be found in Matthew 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. It says, uh, don't quote me on this, I'm reading from, or not reading from, just from the top of my head, because I recently read Matthew. But I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it says in that chapter, in that verse, it said well, something along the lines of, even if you look at a woman and have lustful thoughts, it is the same thing as committing the falling into that temptation and leading to that sin. So even though you may not do it, thinking it in your mind is the exact same thing for lust, for example. Covet, covetousness, I guess that's how you pronounce that. Pride, greed, and envy are all sins of the heart. Even though they may not be apparent to anyone else, they are still sin. You can find proof of that in Romans chapter 1, verse 29, and Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 22. When we give in to the temptation to entertain such thoughts, they take root in our hearts and defile us. Matthew 15, chapter 15, verses 18 through 19. When we yield to temptation, we replace the fruit of the Spirit with the fruit of the flesh. That's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, and Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 23. And many times, what was first entertained as a thought becomes action. You can see that in James chapter 1, verse 15. The best defense against giving into temptation is to flee at the first suggestion. Joseph is a great example of someone who did not allow temptation to become sin, found in Genesis chapter 39, verses 6 through 12. Although tempted to sin sexually, he did not give the temptation time to take root. He used the legs that God gave him and physically fled, rather than stay in a potentially dangerous situation and try to talk, reason, justify, explain, or otherwise weaken his resolve. Joseph took off. The temptation was not sin for him because he dealt with it in a God-honoring way. It could easily have become sin if Joseph had stayed around and tried to overcome the temptation in his own strength. Romans chapter 13, verses 13 through 14, gives us a guideline for avoiding situations that can lead to temptation. It says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. If we determine to make no provision for the flesh, we would keep ourselves out of the situations where we know we will be tempted. We are asking for trouble. God promises to provide a way of escape when we are tempted, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. But often, that way is to avoid the situation altogether. Flee the, the evil desires of youth, found in chap 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, found in Luke chapter 11, verse 4. But we have a responsibility to pay attention to the direction God is leading us and avoid temptation whatever we can. Now, with that being said, 
we can end off on that note, transitioning into our next topic. But before we do that, I want to give an example. You always hear when you fall into temptation and when you sin, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you repent, it's that's what I'm going to be explaining today, like what it is and what's the reason for what's the reason behind it. So let's go ahead and start off on our next topic, which is repentance. The word repentance in the Bible literally means the act of changing one's mind. True biblical repentance goes beyond remorse, regret, or feeling bad about one's sin. It involves more than merely turning away from sin. Eerdman's Bible Dictionary includes this definition of repentance. In its fullest sense, it is a term for a complete change of orientation involving a judgment upon the past and a deliberate redirection for the future. In the Old Testament, repentance or wholehearted turning to God is a recurring theme in the message of the prophets. Repentance was demonstrated through rituals such as fasting, wearing sackcloth, sitting in ashes, wailing, and liturgical laments that expressed strong sorrow for sin. These rituals were supposed to be accompanied by authentic repentance, which involved a commitment to a renewed relationship with God, a walk of obedience to His Word, and the right living. Often, however, these rituals merely represented remorse and a desire to escape the consequences of sin. That's why asking for forgiveness of your sins is so very, very, very important. Because if you don't, then there's going to be some major consequences. Because if you sin, if you keep sin, and I struggle with this all the time. I mean, we're not going to not sin. It's inevitable. Just kind of like how falling into temptation is inevitable. But everybody's going to sin. But every time you sin, okay, here's the difference. If you sin and you repent and ask for forgiveness and you work your butt off to not do it again, then that that's good. But if you... um do something you're not supposed to and you repent and you ask for forgiveness and you keep doing that over and over and over then what good is that that's like oh gosh what's an example I can use hmm we'll come back to that then when the ancient prophets beckoned the people to repent and return they were calling for a complete turnaround inspired from within the heart and the will of the individual the prophets called both the nation of Israel and individual people to surrender their lives, to turn away from a life ruled by sin, to a relationship with God, the sovereign ruler over all. Even now, this is the Lord's declaration. Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Found in Joel chapter 2 verses 12 through 13. The theme of repentance continues in the New Testament. Beginning with John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. And then Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. Both urgently called people to repent. Because the arrival of the kingdom of God was at hand. Many chose this radical reorientation of their lives. And demonstrated repentance through baptism. Okay, well, I'm going to back up a little bit because I realize that um, if you're new, you probably, if you're new to any of this, you probably don't know what it means by the kingdom of God was at hand. 
basically what it's saying was the kingdom of God was coming soon, if you want to put it that way. Anyway, so I'll repeat this. Many chose this radical reorientation of their lives and demonstrated repentance through baptism found in Mark chapter 1 verse 4 and profound changes in lifestyle and relationships found in Luke chapter 3 verse 8 through 14. Three Greek words used in the New Testament help us understand the full meaning of repentance in the Bible. The first verb, the first is the verb metamelomai. I hope I pronounced that right. Which which denotes a change of mind that produces regret or even remorse for wrongs done, but not necessarily a change of heart and action. This word is used in Matthew... 27 chapter 27 verse 3 to describe the guilt Judas felt over betraying Jesus the second verb metanoio again I hope I'm pronouncing that right means to change one's mind and purpose as the result of after knowledge this verb and its related noun metanoia denote true biblical repentance which is characterized by four elements number one True repentance involves a sense of awareness of one's own guilt, sinfulness, and helplessness. You could find stuff for this in Psalm chapter 51, verses 4 through 10, and chapter 109, verses 21 through 22. Number two, true repentance apprehends or takes hold of God's mercy in Jesus Christ. Again, you can find this Psalm chapter 51, verse 1, or chapter 130, verse 4. 3. True repentance means a change of attitude and action regarding sin. Hatred of sin turns the repentant person away from his or her sin to God. You can find this in Psalm chapter 119, verses 128, Job chapter 42, verses 5 through 6, and 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And number 4. True repentance results in a radical and persistent pursuit of holy living, walking with God in obedience to his commands, found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 19 through 22 and 1 Peter chapter 1 through uh, chapter 1 verse 16. The focus of Jesus Christ's mission was to call sinners to repentance. It says in Luke chapter 5 verse 32 I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. His call of absolute surrender goes out to all people, found in Luke chapter 13, verse 5. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. That's the important part of forgiving your sins and actually working to fix it. In his farewell to the disciples, Jesus commanded that they take his message of repentance and faith to all the nations. You can find that in Luke chapter 24, verse 47. Repentance in the Bible involves a complete and irreversible change of mind, heart, and actions. Repentance recognizes that our sin is offensive to God. To repent means to take an about-face, heart-directed turn away from self to God. From the past to a future ruled by God's commands, acknowledging that the Lord reigns supreme over one's existence. Now... With all of that, the whole thing, like, I'll give an example. One thing that is super hard to repent and to keep not keep doing it 
is for people or not like literally anybody it can be i mean it mostly affects teenage boys but it could affect anybody i'm talking about pornography it is so common nowadays um it's really calming calming common for um teenage boys to um fall into this temptation and repent and re- keep repeating it over and over and over cuz it's a addiction people get addicted to it and the thing about it is you have to work and work and work and it's hard cuz it's the same thing as drinking it's the same thing as smoking it's so hard to quit when you've been doing it for a while now to end off i want to say a prayer so we can just end off today's podcast anyway let's all bow our heads and let's say this prayer of repentance lord i am sorry for all my sins and i repent of them all i give you my life today and I confess my faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, that He is Lord. I believe that Jesus died and resurrected to give me eternal life. I confess my faith in Him, and I accept Him as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So that'll be it for today's podcast. I hope you all have a great day or night or evening or whenever you're listening to this. But uh, keep God number one. Love your neighbor. Love everybody. Keep your enemies close. Love your enemies. Um, just overall, thank you for coming to take about 20, 15 minutes out of your day to listen and learn more about God. And if you need to add, if you want to add something, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. It, anything. Um, mostly Facebook, Messenger. You can find me. Just type in Braden Ethier. And um, you can find me and you can tell me anything to add and all that good stuff. But anyway, I'll let y'all get out of here. I love you all. I hope you have a blessed day or night. And I will see you all next Wednesday.